We want to welcome you to this special service today. It's Resurrection Sunday. It's a day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I am so glad that you are watching and participating in our service today. I want to thank those that are visiting with us. Maybe you don't normally attend or watch our services. Somebody's invited you. And I want to thank you for participating and being a part of our Easter services today. I want to thank you that have invited your friends to watch our service today as well. Thank you for doing that. And I miss our church family. And I'm so thankful, though, that we're able to come to you by way of live stream here today. Also, I want to thank our music team and those that are on the cameras and those that work in our audio uh, department. They are doing a fantastic job. This is not how we thought ever we would spend several weeks of church services online, but I'm so glad that we have so many faithful servants of the Lord that every week they come and they volunteer their time and they're doing an excellent job. And I just want to thank all those that are continuing to serve uh, here at our church so that we could continue to have church every single week. I love our church family. I miss our church family. And I'm glad that you are here today to celebrate on the special occasion, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now we celebrate this every single week. This is not something just once a year that we come to and, and remember. The reason why we gather every week is because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. It's every Sunday we celebrate this. But today, the, the entire world really has looked at this day, and whether they believe in Jesus or not, at least they recognize this day. It's Easter Sunday. And I want to draw your attention, if you would. We're not going to be long here today, but we do want to make sure that we look at this gospel message, the death, the burial, and then the resurrection of Christ. Will you turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter number 15? Mark chapter number 15, and we're, we're told in this passage of Scripture about the cross. I hope you're able to watch our Good Friday service. If you weren't able to, you could always go back to our website or YouTube channel or Facebook, and I believe it's on our church app as well, and you can go back and watch that, just a 30-minute service that we put on Friday night, and I hope that you enjoyed that if you're able to watch that. But we find that Jesus Christ, he goes to the cross. He sheds his blood. We're, we're told the, throughout the Bible, the the Bible is God's letter to mankind. Every, everything in the Bible, the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Every word in the Bible is God's letter to you and to me. He loves us. The Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and in that creation, he created mankind. Mankind was the only thing he created. The Bible tells us that he actually breathed his breath into and made it a living soul. Everything else he created with his words, but it was man that he knelt down and breathed his life into us. The Bible tells us that we were created in the image of God. God created man so that man could fellowship with him. That was the whole purpose of creation. He created the world, he created the animals, the trees, and all the things that are in this universe for man's pleasure, but he created man so that man could fellowship with God. And the Bible tells us that after creation, God would come and on this earth and he would walk through the garden with Adam and Eve and walk in the coolness of day, the Bible says, and they'd communicate with man. Man would worship God. But there was a day that came that Adam and Eve chose to sin. 
they disobeyed God. They were tempted by that old serpent and they, they sinned. They ate of that tree of, uh, that they were, they were told not to eat of. And they, in disobedience, they ate of that tree. And the Bible says that sin entered the world. And now every single human being since Adam and Eve, born into this world, is born with a sin nature. You know as well as I know, you and I, no one ever had to teach us to sin because it's natural. We're sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And from the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of creation through the very end of the Bible, it's the story of God wanting to reconcile man back to him. There was sacrifices that were made. In the Old Testament, the Israelites would bring a sacrifice, an animal, and they would sacrifice for their sin. But unfortunately, that sacrifice that was made, it only covered that, that one sin, and, and then another sacrifice had to be made. But God promised that there would come a sacrifice. He would give a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, a holy sacrifice. And throughout all creation, there was nothing that was ever created that would satisfy God's wrath. It had to be God himself. And so the Bible says that God sent his son into this world so that you and I could have that sacrifice, that atonement for our sin. We read in Mark chapter number 15, and in the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And follow with me in verse number 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, behold, he calleth Elias. Elias was a Old Testament prophet. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink saying, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain and from top to the bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said this, the centurion that was standing there, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Jesus Christ died there on the cross all his followers that had been following during his earthly ministry for these last three and a half years, they, they stood afar off and they watched the, the, the one they followed, this teacher, the one that they thought was the Messiah, the one that they gave up their, their jobs and gave up their careers and some even gave up their families to follow this Jesus. He's now dead. There's a man that comes and takes Jesus' body and places him in this tomb. And for all the followers of Jesus and for the, the Roman guards and for Pilate and for the religious Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the religious elite and those that cried out, crucify him, crucify him, they thought that this story was over. Some thought this man was different. He was the Messiah. He came to set up his kingdom here upon this earth and, and they were gonna rule and reign with him. They didn't understand what was going to happen on this day. The one they followed is now dead. They placed him in the grave. Pilate thought that he had the victory. Herod thought that he had the victory. 
The Pharisees thought that they had the victory. The Sadducees thought that they had the victory. Those that cried out, crucify him, crucify him. They thought that they had won, that the victory was theirs. Satan thought he had the victory because Jesus, the one that said he was the Messiah, the son of God, is now dead. And he lay there in that grave. But I want you to follow along with me because the story doesn't end there. The Bible goes on to tell us in chapter number 16 of the book of Mark, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And, at, and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was, was rolled away for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrightened. And he said unto them, be not affrightened. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. And he said unto them, and they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. You know, it's so interesting about this story. They place Jesus there in that grave and they think it's over. Matter of fact, his disciples are hiding in, a, in an upper room and they're afraid now. And there comes these ladies, and the Sabbath was Saturday there in the Old Testament, and, uh, and uh, the Israelites, the Jews, practiced the Sabbath still, and they came on the first day of the week, which, be a, which would be a Sunday morning. Why we celebrate resurrection morning on, a, on this Sunday is because the first day of the week is when these ladies went to that sepulcher where they laid the body of Jesus. But this time it was different. They laid him there, they watched, they, they, they wrapped him, they laid him in that tomb, they, they watched him die. And now they come to just anoint his body with oils and with perfume. They come to weep over his body. They, they come to this tomb where they, they watched him lay, they, they, they came to this place and, and as they go into this tomb, he's not there. The Bible tells us there's one that was sitting there in the tomb and he said this, he is risen, he is alive. Go in and tell the disciples that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And that is the story for now 2,000 years. We as followers of Jesus Christ have preached. We preach this every week. We tell the story every day of our lives. We say this, that he is risen. He's alive. You see, they tried to to place our Jesus in the grave, but the grave couldn't hold him. They thought that by crucifying him, they would shut up this, this man, Jesus Christ, who proclaimed to be the son of God. But what they couldn't understand and what they didn't understand, but the, they know now that, that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He came to be an atonement for your sin. He shed his blood upon the cross. He went into that grave and three days later, the Bible says, he rose again from the dead. He's conquered the grave. He's conquered death. And he offers you everlasting life. 
today at Resurrection Sunday, this resurrection morning, this day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how can we celebrate this resurrection? How do we celebrate it? I know we, we celebrate Easter with candy and eggs and, and we do, do uh, uh, events and have Easter dinner and we, we celebrate it, but I, I'm not talking about how do we celebrate it in that kind of way. I'm talking about today how those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their savior, what is the best way to celebrate Easter? Maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ. And I want to talk directly to you today how you can celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. I, I find in this passage of scripture, in verse number one again of chapter number, of chapter number 16, I find the Bible says this, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. We, we find in this passage of scripture that they came to show their love for him. I believe this on this resurrection morning as we celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, every single one of us can come today in one way that we can celebrate the Sabbath is to show our love for Jesus Christ, to show our love for him. And why, why do we love him? Why do we love him? The Bible tells us this in 1 John 4.10, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word means atonement. He came to be the payment for our sin. You see, the Bible tells us this, that we were uh, created to worship God, but we sinned. And, and because of that sin, God cannot allow us into his presence any longer. God desires for mankind to spend all of eternity with him, but sin separated that. And now the Bible teaches us that if we, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this to judgment, every single human being is going to stand in judgment one day. And you are either going to be judged for your sin or the blood of Jesus Christ is going to be on you and you will not be judged for your sin, but the choice is going to be yours. These came because they loved Jesus. You know, we can love Jesus today because we realize this, he first loved us. We can love Jesus today and show our love for him because God sent Jesus into this world because he loved you and I so very much. The Bible says this in 1 John 4, 9, and this was manifested, the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. You see, the whole purpose of Jesus Christ coming to die for your sin and my sin is so that we could live forever with God. You see, God's plan for humankind hasn't changed. He still desires for us to worship him. He still desires for us to spend eternity with him, but a payment had to be made for our sin. And he sent his son because he loves you and he loves me. Oh, that familiar verse, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. Put your name right there. For God so loved Jeremy. For God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever, put your name right there as well, that if you trust Jesus Christ, you believe on him, you will have everlasting life. 
You know, in Romans 5, 8, the Bible says, but God commendeth or showed or demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You and I are sinners. And even though we couldn't save ourselves, even though we had sinned, even though we had transgressed God's law, Jesus Christ still came and he died for us. When we were not lovable, he loved us. You might think today, how could anyone love me? Who in the world could possibly love me? Does anyone love me? I want you to know that the Bible says this, that God loves you right now, right where you are. It doesn't matter what you've ever done. It doesn't matter what sin that you've ever committed. God loved you. And Jesus came and he died. He didn't come and die for the righteous because there's none righteous. He didn't come and die for the holy because there was none holy. He didn't come and die for the perfect because there is no one perfect. He came and died for sinners. He came and died for you. The Bible says these few ladies, they recognized the love of Jesus. They recognized that love that Jesus demonstrated to them and they received that love. And, and, and it came to show their love for Jesus Christ. You know, they remembered him. I, I can only imagine as they came that early Sunday morning, just the Bible tells us, tells us as the sun was coming up, they, they ran to that garden to, to see their Savior. They didn't come expecting him to be resurrected. They came expecting to see a body. I'm sure on the way there, they were thinking about all the miracles that Jesus had done. I'm sure they're thinking about the, the condition that Jesus found them in. I'm sure Mary, the mother of Jesus, was thinking that time that an angel came and said, Mary, thou art blessed among women. That time that the, the angel said that the Holy Spirit was going to do a work in her and conceive a child in her. That, 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 uh, that child's name is going to be Jesus. That he is going to come and seek and to save those that would trust him. I, I'm sure that Mary's uh, uh, running through all of these things through her mind about Jesus, her son. The other ladies that were there, I'm sure they're thinking about the sinful condition they found themselves in, how Jesus still loved them and accepted them and now has died for them. I'm sure they're thinking about the many miracles, the, the healing of the sick, the, the people that they knew that had been sick, lame and deaf and, and blind from, from birth, their friends there that Jesus would come to and, and in their, their most desperate need. I'm sure they remember that Jesus reached out. He touched the eyes of the blind and that blind person received their sight. I'm sure they remember Jesus touched the ear of the deaf and the deaf could hear. I'm sure they remember coming to that, to that uh, gate where that one lay there uh, lame, not able to walk since birth and he touched him. And he got up running and praising the Lord. I'm sure they remember that lady that spent everything that she had. She didn't have any money left her name. She was defeated and discouraged because no doctor could help her. She had an issue of blood and it was, it was killing her. And there was not a human being that could help her. And all she did was touch the hem of Jesus's garment and she was made whole. I'm sure they remember the 5,000 that were hungry and Jesus just taking that young boy's lunch and dividing it up and, and feeding these hungry 5,000. 
Or, or maybe Jesus sitting there and these young children coming and, and, and the disciples saying, get away from Jesus. He's too busy for you. And Jesus in his tender voice saying, suffer the little children to come unto me. I'm sure they remember the tenderness of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the compassion that he had. I'm sure they remember the, the stories of those that were possessed with devils that were, that were just out of their mind and living in torture and pain and Jesus rebuking that devil and those that were once possessed with devils are now made whole. He gave peace to those that had no peace. He healed the sick. He healed their physical pain. He healed their emotional pain and he gave them himself. You see, I remember, I'm sure these ladies remembered the lepers that were counting the days till death. And Jesus reaches out and heals those that have this physical condition that has sentenced them to death. You see, one way I believe that we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ is we could show him our love for him. We could serve him. We could tell others of Jesus and what he's done for us. You see, these ladies came in the early hours of that first Sunday morning after the uh, uh, crucifixion of Jesus. They came to show Christ their love and they could do that because they recognized and realized that Jesus Christ first loved them. Will you recognize that today? Will you understand the Bible is God's love letter to you? And every word in that page says that God loves you and it points you to his sacrifice on the cross so that he could spend eternity with you. A lesson that I learned that we can celebrate is that Jesus loved us and we can love him. Secondly, I want you to see here in this same passage of scripture, the Bible says in early and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Here we find in this passage of scripture that these ladies came very early at the rising of the sun. They come to the sepulcher. What lesson can we learn from this that we could celebrate the resurrection? I would say this. Would you learn today to put Jesus Christ first? You see, on the first day of the week, the first thing in the morning, their first thought, everything about this was they were giving Jesus Christ, putting him first. Listen to me, we live in a hectic world. We live in a self-centered world. We live in a me-first world. How do people act when they don't get their way? That's the world we live in. We live in a world that always wants to be first. But one way I believe that we could celebrate this resurrection is that we can put Jesus Christ first in our lives. When they have to wait, people get annoyed. Why? Because it interrupts their schedule. When they aren't served like they think they should be served, what do they do? They get mad and they, they complain. When a waitress or a waiter didn't serve you like you think, we, we call for the manager. We want them to know that we didn't get what we thought. When somebody is waiting on us in line and they're not fast enough, we, we let them know. You didn't get me through this line fast enough. When somebody makes a mistake and gets their order wrong, what do we want to do? We want to complain to someone. We want someone to know that we've been wronged. 
that we weren't considered first. Oh, but one way I believe that we, you and I, every single person watching this service today can celebrate the resurrection is let's learn to put Jesus Christ first in our life. Oh, today I urge us to put him first. There's marriages that are broken today. Would you put Jesus Christ first? It's so difficult. Two people growing up in two different homes, raised in this sin-filled world, coming together and wanting to make a life together, how difficult that is. It's difficult. But hear me today, the solution to every marriage is to put Jesus Christ first. He'll heal your broken marriage. He'll heal your broken soul. Will you put him first? Will you put him first in your parenting? Listen, so many of us, if we're not careful, we, we raise our kids and, and, and we give them everything in life and, and we want them to do well and we want them to succeed and, and we, we, we give them a great education and we feed them well and we get them involved in, in sports and in, in things to, so that they're healthy. We, we want them to be healthy uh, spiritually. We want them to be healthy uh, 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 emotionally and physically. Parents, will you realize today that the best thing that you can do for your children is to put Jesus Christ first? Teach them that he is number one. Teach, him that he is, teach them that he is worthy. You see, put Jesus first in every single relationship. Maybe right now you're, you're dating. You found the, the man or the woman of your dreams and you're planning and preparing and you're wondering, what is life going to be like? I can tell you this, that life is gonna be full of joys and life is gonna be full of sorrows, but you can survive this relationship if you put Jesus Christ first. Don't put your flesh first. Don't put your own selfish desires first. Put Jesus Christ first. I'm reminded in this nation, we've sinned against God. We've put the love of money first. We've put our faith and in our reliance in so many things. We're looking to the government for answers. We're looking to, to the economy for answers. But oh, my friend, what we need on this resurrection day is to put Jesus Christ first back in our country once again. Put him first back in our nation. Oh, we've taken him out of our schools and we've taken him out of our homes and we've taken him out of society. And I would say, I stand on this resurrection day and I say the solution, the cure for our nation's problems is not some medication, is not some government, is not some check, is not some socialistic program, but the cure for the problem of this nation is to put Jesus Christ first. Will you choose to put him first today? The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto, him, unto you. We've put others first. We've put our careers first. We've put ourselves first. Today, will you, like these ladies, come to the first day of the week, the first part of the day, and will you decide that you will put Jesus in his rightful place? Celebrate the resurrection today. 
by putting Jesus Christ first in your life. And then lastly, I want you to see in this passage of scripture, we find in Mark chapter number 16, we find, follow along with me in verse number three, if you would. And they said among themselves, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? They're having this conversation. They're coming to this, to this place. And the Bible lets us look into this conversation here that these ladies are having as they've left their house early in the morning. They've got their spices. They've got their perfumes. They're going fully expecting to see the body of Jesus Christ in this tomb. But their conversation is this. What are we going to do when we get there? This stone that has been rolled in front of this tomb is so heavy. Look with me in this next verse, verse number four. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away for it was very great. This stone that they recognized that would be there when they got there, they, they knew that, that a few of them, these, these ladies weren't going to even be able to touch the stone. They're saying, how can we get the stone rolled away? How are we going to be able to see Jesus? Because between us and Jesus, there's this great stone. And we need help. We need this stone removed. They got there to that, to that sepulcher, the Bible says, and they realized the stone had been rolled away. Now listen to me. It wasn't the soldiers that rolled that stone away. It wasn't these few ladies that mustered up enough strength in themselves that rolled this away. It wasn't the 12 uh, apostles that came and rolled that stone away. It wasn't an army of centurions that came and rolled that stone away. It was Jesus Christ that rolled that stone away. Would you write this down, number three? One way that we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ today is allow him to do what only he can do in our lives. Now, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. The stone was great and they knew they couldn't move it. The stone that separated them from their savior was great and they knew no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't remove this. Hear me today, your sin is great and you can't save yourself. You can try through good works and you can try through religion and you can try through church and you can try through baptism and you can try through the Lord's table, communion. You can try through giving. You can try so many ways and every man has. But you must come to a place today where you recognize there's something that only Jesus Christ can do and only he can offer you everlasting life. Only he can move that stone. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. Everything that you try to do, the payment's going to be death. The wages is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, Jesus Christ 
He is the only one that can give you everlasting life. No man, no religion, nothing of this world can give you what only Jesus Christ can give you. See, these ladies were going to the tomb and they were wondering, how are we gonna remove this stone? How are we gonna see Jesus? How are we gonna be with our savior? And hear me today, the same thing is true for you. There's a stone, it's called death, it's called sin and its payment is death and you can't do anything to remove that from your life. But on this resurrection morning, Jesus Christ, he stands alive. He's removed that stone in what he did upon the cross in the blood that he shed, his holy blood, his perfect blood was an atonement for your sin. And you can have life everlasting because of what Jesus Christ did. Nothing that you can do in yourself. The Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. He said they were lost. They couldn't find their way. And Jesus came and rolled that stone away. Will you trust Jesus Christ as your savior? Will you put your faith in him and him alone? The Bible says it's by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God lest any man should boast. And so if, you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior today, that stone has been rolled away. There's nothing now separating you from seeing Jesus Christ. Secondly, on this point, I want you to see this. Your problems are great. Maybe here today and you say this on this resurrection day, I know Jesus Christ is my savior. There was a time in my life where I admitted that I was a sinner. I asked forgiveness of my sin. I repented of my sin and I trusted Jesus Christ as my savior. Maybe you're going through life right now and you're hurt. You're going through your life right now with some great pain. You're going through your life right now with some agony, some, some burden that you're carrying. The reality is this, none of us are going to get through this life without at some point carrying a burden. None of us are going to go through life with ease. Every single person at some point in your life, you're gonna carry a burden. It could be a physical burden. It could be an emotional burden. It could be a burden with a grandchild. It could be a burden with a parent, a sibling. Maybe it's a financial burden. Maybe it's the situation, this pandemic we're seeing in our world today it's touched your life. It's touched you financially. It's touched maybe a loved one and they're sick. Or maybe you're planning a funeral because someone you love has passed on. I want to speak right to you today. I want to speak right to your heart. Jesus Christ said this to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest for your soul. For my burden is easy or my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, this resurrection morning, you can celebrate by allowing Jesus Christ to remove things that only he has the power to remove. Only he has the power to remove sin. Trust him today. Only he has the power to carry your burden and carry you through this life. Trust him today. The Bible says that casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. 
He desires to help you in life right now. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, on this resurrection morning, you can allow Jesus Christ to carry you through. You don't have to move this stone. The resurrected Jesus Christ did it for you. You don't have to carry this burden. Jesus is offering to carry it for you. You don't have to pay your sin debt. Jesus Christ has done it already for you. He gave to you. He gave you life so that you can live it more abundant. You see, there's a stone of death that every one of us have in our life. And Jesus Christ said, I'll roll that away and I'll give you life if you trust me. There's that stone of guilt. Maybe there's someone here today, you said, you don't know what I've done. I've not been a good person. I've not lived a good life. And there's guilt. Maybe there's decisions that you've made and you every day they haunt you. Let Jesus Christ remove that stone from your life. Doctors can't do it and medication can't do it. And, and, and trying, to, trying to find relief your own way can't do it. Let Jesus do what only he can do. He'll remove that guilt. Maybe there's shame, ruin, Sin, would you allow Jesus Christ to roll that away? Would you accept him and his payment that he made on the cross? Would you accept the life that he gives because of the resurrection? The resurrection of Jesus Christ rolled that stone away. And when Mary and these other ladies came to this tomb expecting to have to do something they knew was impossible, they realized this. Jesus has already done it. And he's already done it for you as well. The apostle Paul wrote this, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? There is victory because Jesus Christ is alive.